to episode 161 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined, as always, by Kyle Springer. Good morning and happy E3. (laughs) Oh, it is. It sure is. Yeah. Uh, E3 is happening right now. That's the big thing that's going on for me. So there's a lot of like video game announcements and stuff like that. And I'm super excited. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's a good time. It is. Uh, Melissa, I have to shout this out since I mentioned it. Uh, You were on our our video game podcast crossplay uh to help us do our e3 predictions uh in in Mm. which we use your uh your highly extensive skills as a human magic eight ball (laughs) yeah as somebody who knows uh a passing amount about video games pretty much zilch about contemporary video games i mean i'll hear the names of the big ones I know there's a Breath of the Wild or like a Red Dead Redemption 2 or something, but mostly I just know like weird trivia and obscure novelties like (laughs) Seaman. From the Dreamcast, yeah. Right. Good stuff. Uh, Melissa, how are you today? What's going on with you? I'm... (laughs) I'm good, Kyle. We talked to each other 12 hours ago, and I'm happy to report that I am the same. (laughs) (laughs) No sudden changes? Uh, changes No, I ate some eggs. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Melissa, what are we here to talk about this week? Today we are talking about the Hulu original series Dimension 404. This is a six episode sci-fi comedy series kind of like a uh, a twilight zone or a black mirror if black mirror was fun and not a bummer yeah. uh this premiered in 2017 and it was created by will campos desmond dolly and daniel johnson and david welch indeed this was a good it one this was a sure fun was. one Yeah, I was just scrolling through Hulu, didn't really want to know. I didn't really know what I wanted to pitch last week. And I'm like, what sci-fi do you have here? And I found the show that I never heard of. Yeah, I I think I had maybe seen it like scrolling by in something, but I Mm. I never really paid attention to it. Um, Yeah, that's 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 the one we ended up picking Uh, a good anthology series is always nice every now and then and i think i um, like them these sci-fi anthologies especially since black mirror has been so popular there's been a few of them that have Mm. popped up and uh stuff like this but here's one that we hadn't heard of until Mm -hmm. this week so there you there you go yeah i i enjoyed this a lot i had a lot of fun uh there's Mm -hmm. only six of them they're about 40 minutes long um, there was some that I enjoyed more so than the rest of them. Um, but yeah, it was good. I, I also don't think this was super spectacular. It was just like, okay, cool little bite-sized. Interesting. You know, yeah. And an- anthology series. 
it was fine. I, I I didn't see much that was like, oh, this was bad or or right. stuff like that. No. It was just like, okay, this, yeah, is, but- this is fine. My mind wasn't blown, but it was an enjoyable time. It was right, well yeah. cast. There were neat ideas in there. And I could tell it was maybe a lower budget production, but the budget was used very smartly. There were some neat effects in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, they, they have some, also- some good ca- 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 cast members and stuff. I was also like, oh, it's that guy. Oh, it's her. It's this one. Yeah. Yeah, and the show has Mark Hamill as this mysterious narrator. You never see him. He isn't named. He just talks a bit at the beginning of every episode and does the intro. There you uh, go. Mark that excellent one off choice. On, on, on your bingo cards. Because <laughs> oh, we had that. Put it on my bingo card. Oh, no. <laughs> the voice of uh, Mark Hamill. <laughs> uh, oh, of course. Of course, this is where he would show up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the episodes are pretty different from each other. Uh, we go, we have a variety of protagonists, a variety of sort of structures of the story. Like the first episode is like a lot of twists after each other. Whereas yeah. like the sixth episode is like you get one pretty major twist early on and it's just the ramifications of that one twist. But all of them have, uh, are related to technology in some way. The first episode is about a dating app. The second episode is about a... Uh, immersive theater experience and then we have an episode about um uh a, a childhood tv show that this girl remembers and yeah. everybody else has forgotten time it travel and she has to... adventure yeah right yeah there's time travel in that one we have an episode about the arcade game polybius what another big reason why i picked this show i love polybius Indeed. we have an episode episode about uh, surveillance technology and then an episode about uh speed run uh, gaming sort of esports yeah energy j- 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 drinks and yeah post-apocalyptic adventures <laughs> <laughs> lots of different stuff in the show yeah it's it it in some ways it kind of feels like i mean i i think last week when we pitched it we said like a sci-fi grab bag uh, but yeah, it, yeah. F- it feels kind of like that in the sense that they were like, okay, we have uh, esports, post apocalyptic, and drugs. Okay, uh, <laughs> how do we make a story with that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's yeah. Th- there's a, a good variety of stuff. I I I was pleasantly super prize with that that it was not all like okay this one's a little similar to that i see that they had a mm-hmm. you know that there's a certain theme mm-hmm. it's like no they they just went like this one went in that direction that one went over yeah. here this one did that and it, it, it was a good variety of stuff yeah and i don't think there's anything that connects any of the stories together except that the logo for the uh cartoon show that episode three is about I think the girl in episode two has like a patch of that on her jacket. Like she has this yeah, little like yellow it's... logo that stood out to me. And then in the next episode, I'm like, oh, that's Time Rider's logo. Yeah, I think there was a like a montage clip where it showed that scene where the young g- 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 girl is watching the show. They just reuse mm. that footage in in this like montage of what everyone in the world is doing at that moment. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, yeah. Um, good stuff. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it, since it's in anthology, it's hard to really do a synopsis. We did kind of right. mention the the stuff that is in there. Uh, uh-huh. It is a grab bag. The one thing I will say is, uh, if 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 you are expecting this to be more along the lines of Twilight Zone or Black Mirror or stuff like that, it's uh, it's its own take on this stuff. It's not yeah. Twilight Zone. Um, it it which can have a creepier side but it is these things that mm-hmm. really make you think these ones yeah don't necessarily go as We're... deep into the stuff or make you think or make you ponder mm. the, the the ramifications as much yeah uh, and it's also not as dark and depressing as black mm-hmm. mirror this is more campy it's more comedic it's more mm. um just like hey let's just have some fun well, I had this. Um, Pat Nos- Oswalt is in this. <laughs> Joe McHale is in this. Mm. Uh, yeah, they just they 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 play some some good stuff. And then I I don't know his name, but the the major f- f- from iZombie, the like oh one of the main guys besides Rahul Kohli, um, he's he's in this. He's in the. F- First one, and then okay. uh, ne- Moose. I've never from seen a second Breaking of that Bad. Show. <laughs> See, so another thing I don't know. I yeah. Don't- <laughs> yeah. So there you go. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. I think what you said is I just want to <laughs> reinforce what you said earlier. If you like anthology uh, storytelling like this, but you have seen enough of stuff like. Twilight Zone and Black Mirror, which are seem to be I've never seen Black Mirror. It intimidates me. But like it's real cautionary tales. It's like we hold the mirror up to you. Man is the true monster. This is way less of that. So it's a stress free anthology series experience. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I, I, I don't know if I would say this is like fully family friendly there might be a couple moments that would be scarier for younger kids yeah. and stuff yeah. like that but it's it's primarily fine i think there's a few cuss words i don't really remember mm. um but yeah I, I would say like young teens and up is probably mm. good if, if you're with your family there so it, it yeah. is like this family friendly version of that um mm. yeah Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, I guess that's about it for now. So let's take yeah. a quick break for housekeeping uh, and then we will be right back and get into spoilers and all that good stuff. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots and we'd love it if you would check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in The Whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at The Whatnots, patreon.com slash thewhatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. 
You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you want to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. We are back. Uh, big shout out to our Patreon supporters at the $5 tier and above. So thank you to Sam for supporting us for so long. We appreciate Thanks, it. We Sam. love you. Thank you for keeping the mics on here at the Whatnots. Um, I already mentioned our uh, E3 predictions. Go check the, mm -hmm. those out and stuff. We also recorded our like part one coverage of E3. Uh, there's a lot to unpack in in that and more is coming uh let's see what else did we do we, we recorded the captain's log mm. last night and uh we ended the show with something real fun uh yeah so be on the lookout for that that's also going to get broken out into its own thing uh as a, a thing of the reactor core exclusively on youtube mm -hmm. uh so go check that stuff out uh we tried the bts mcdonald's meal uh so interesting stuff <laughs> it was uh -huh. a lot of fun it was a lot of fun indeed okay uh let's get into spoilers here we are spoilers Melissa. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. You, one more thing. What? B b before yeah. we let's like rewind blah, 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 to get to okay. pre -spo spoilers. <laughs> Polybius is is in this. Yes. I, I have to yes. mention on our our our, pa our Patreon exclusive stuff, which we just recorded a new thing, uh, which will be up by time this is out to the public. Uh, so you guys should go check that out. Gino from our podcast crossplay jo joined us to join melissa and and me uh mm. but we also previously did a a thing where we talked about our like video game conspiracy theories and cryptids and all sorts of that stuff and melissa yeah, like urban you, legends and just sort of yeah. weird weird video game uh oddities yeah yeah you brought polybius to the table and uh -huh. that was something i was not familiar with so you introduced <gasps> it to me on that mm. and here it is uh in this sh right. show and we know that it's going to have an appearance in some upcoming episode of Loki, which was another reason it was True. great timing to watch this yes. show now. Which we also uh, have started our reactions to on the React yes. Core. So go check that stuff out as well. Um, <laughs> There's at least three different feeds where you can go listen to me talk about Polybius. Polybius all the time here. This is now a Polybius <laughs> podcast. Just all, all, oh all day, every week. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Okay, now we can get into spoilers yeah. uh, and all of that stuff. Okay, uh, let's just let's just go down the list here. Let's start with that first. Yeah, that first one. Um, this one is about a dating app, um, and mm. it is about a guy who's on a date and it's just not going well. He goes back to his yeah. apartment after she, she's just like, "Yeah, this isn't working out. You can leave." Um, mm -hmm. and he gets there and he's talking to his roommate he's just like i just want to meet a cute girl 
why can't I do this? This is so difficult. Life is so hard. Um, and then his roommate is like, well, why don't you try online dating? And he's just like, well, I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, which, but believe me, I feel you on on that. I hate online <laughs> dating; it is the worst. Um, but it it um, they, he apparently the roommate the night before set up a profile for him mm. uh, while he was drunk. Uh, so he's like, "Look, there are like two hundred and something women that like the same." band as you within a two mile radius of this apartment he's like really like how do you know all of this info he's like it's right here dude you just have to you know all of that stuff so he finds the perfect match and goes on this date Uh seems too good to be true Melissa, what did you think of this one here i i enjoyed this one i think it starts with it's eerie from the beginning. You can tell something's off because like every set they go to is just like so clean. And like his roommates, like the perfect sitcom wacky roommate, like, hey, man, <laughs> yeah. do you want a beer? Oh, no, I, I drank all your beer. And he's just living <laughs> on a couch. Like, it's so heightened. I'm like, there's something false about this reality, but I don't know exactly what it is yet. And the the pitch for this show, let me see if I can read you what the text is. I can't find it on the immediate Google page, but it says something like it's a world where the twist ending is just the beginning. I'm like, that's kind of a bold statement. But for the first episode, it is. He's going on dates with this woman. He loves her like two months in. He says, I love you. And she sort of shuts down like I like I'm not ready for this right now. I'm getting ready to start my my med school internship. Like, I can't handle this. I need you to leave. And then it turns out that that guy, he is a creation. She's the one who's been on the dating app trying well, to find her perfect it, guy. And the app is making the perfect guy for her. She yeah, she she immediately like un unmatches him on yes. the app. And the second she does that, these like military guys like yeah. bust in the door and kidnap the guy and so you're thinking like what is going on and they take him to this like facility interrogation room Mm. thing and it's still you don't know exactly what's going on uh but you find out very quickly yeah that he is like a robot or he is this like artificially grown human Yeah. yeah he's not he's not a robot but he is this like artificial creation that was meant to be her perfect match and that he's not real and that's a great twist but like you said Mm -hmm. that's that happens like 17 minutes into the thing yeah very quickly if if you stop it right there would have been a great twilight yeah. zone thing just like oh you're done shit yeah like that's that's wild like that they they make this and this guy didn't even know like that that mm-hmm. is exactly the kind of thing that you would see in the twilight zone but then they keep going and there's yeah. more yeah there's so much more um and it's and this is where i don't necessarily like i don't, I don't think the more that came after this was bad. I also just uh-huh. don't think we needed it. 
right? Like, that's yeah. an interesting enough story by itself. Um, but yeah, they keep going where he then is put in a room with like three or four more clones oh, of himself. Yeah. There's as five like, of them. She had tried to go through different versions of him. Like she likes that look, but she d- d- doesn't like, okay, that guy's <laughs> like too much of a jock. Like that guy's like too <laughs> into his feelings and that, you know. And so it's just like, can we like change it a little bit and do this? And he's like, right. I'm just this creation. Like, I don't like this doesn't make sense. Like our date was perfect. Like mm-hmm. this and he immediately notices the difference, right? Like they're all like, yeah, well, we're just creations. This is our life. Like, this is what we do. We mm. eat the slop that they g- g- give us. And we, just we eat our tubby custard. <laughs> yeah. Tubby custard. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, and they've they've just kind of resigned themselves to, well, that's it. That's life. Mm. She didn't like us. Oh, well, move on. And he's just like, no, like it it went really well. I, I don't yeah. understand what happened exactly here. Um, and so he ends up like trying to start a coup in in this facility (laughs) so it is this like prisoners take over the asylum uh, Mm. thing there and he tries to so there they he ends up finding them like growing a new version yeah he's version five and there's gonna they're gonna make version six and he was able to see the like sort of exit interview comments that is that his girlfriend had given like, oh, I like him, but like I need him less into indie rock and less clingy. And he's like, well, now that I know this, I can be that like now I know what she wants. So he sneaks out and like he sneaks. The, he he sneaks replaces this, like, the clone yeah. slug out of its tube and like hides it in his bed. And they're like. Yeah, number five, you know, he's just so sad about what's happening. He's just lying in his bed under the covers and moaning. Yeah, good luck to number six going out there. (laughs) He snuck out, yeah. Yeah, he snuck out and they they, immediately realize it's him. Like, he almost makes it, but he, yeah, uh, doesn't make it. And uh, they try and kidnap him again and stuff, but he does end up inciting this riot uh, at at this c- company and the, all of the creations that got rejected. Uh, they they uh, escape and go out into the world. We don't re- really see much of them, but we uh, mm-hmm. pick back up with uh, our, our, our main dude, number five here, Mambo number yeah. five. And... Uh, <laughs> He's at a record store. He's picking up a re- record and he ends up seeing the girl that he went on this date mm. with and had a great time. Yeah. And they're just like, hey, I maybe we should hang out again. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'd like that. And that was kind of it. And I was like, OK, that's nice. I it, like was, that. it was nice. It was sweet. I liked how brightly colored this episode was just like the facilities they're in and they're like. Well, yeah. matching outfits and also the the set of five identical guys with different personalities 
Reminded me of that episode of Gravity Falls where Mabel's really into the pop band several times and it's just a bunch of clones that don't know they're clones. That or or, or the one the one where he photocopies himself. Yeah, uh, right, and all they the all dippers. have different personalities. Yeah. It's good because right, we- <laughs> um the let me look up his name. I need I need to know his 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 name here. The guy that plays the main guy in this one. Uh, Robert Buckley. He's the one that's in iZombie. And you guys should go watch iZombie because the main character in that, played by Rose McIver, uh, plays this zombie who works as a mortician i guess or the she works at a morgue um but she eats the brains of these dead people that got murdered and stuff like that so mm-hmm. she can because she gets like psychic impressions of them so she can like figure out like oh i i saw this person i don't know who it is but they looked like this and so they you know get a sketch and then they go find, find them and stuff like that um but she ends up taking on all of the personality traits of the people that mm-hmm. she eats so if it's like some big jock then she gets to play this like sup bro like how are you yeah <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and stuff like that and so here he is a, a, a character in that show who doesn't really get to do all the different personality stuff mm. as, as as much getting to do that uh so it was neat it was like oh hey that was that was good that was that was fun um and then the roommate is Moose from Breaking Bad. Um, oh, yeah, he's an actor I recognize. Like, I know him from doing voice work. Uh, like, I've heard not, him in cartoons and stuff, Badger? and I've seen him. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Whatever. I don't know anything about Breaking Bad except that he throws the pizza on the roof, so I can't help <laughs> <Yeah>. you. It's <laughs> 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 six seasons of that, I think. I don't I don't remember if it's Badger or Moose, but his character in that sh- show is like one of the local like meth heads. <laughs> OK, yeah. So there Your you go. Career. Uh, episode two, it takes place entirely in a movie theater, which was joyous to see. I love to get to spend time in a movie theater when I've been away from it for so long. Mm-hmm. And it stars uh, a perfectly cast Patton Oswalt as this cinephile film buff and like real film purist. And he has this mm-hmm. like college age niece who's played by one of the girls from Modern Family and uh, th- like their buddies, like he's gotten her into a lot of the same movies. Like they like going to like the midnight movies and like cult classics and art house stuff like that. And it's their movie night, but she wants to go see like some teen franchise movie that you can tell is like a Hunger Games or a Divergent or a Mortal Instrument or something like that. It's like yeah. chosen I, the final saga part one. I I took her to be more like high school age, but like senior in high school, maybe early college, because like she was at that age. Excuse me. Uh, it seemed like where she was really, really into like, well, I kind of need to figure out how to get in with the popular good girls and okay. stuff by doing this. Like, so, so like, I, I mean, yeah, that it happens at like t- to me that screams high school. 
I, I think maybe I was just thinking that like, because I've already seen her play a teen for so long. I'm like, I, surely she must be college sure, age yeah. by now. And like co- my she college age was when those yeah, yeah. movies were coming out. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah so, so we didn't have those in high school. It was just Harry Potter and Twilight. She, she, she likes these times that she can spend with her uh, uncle. Yeah. But she's also like, you know, sometimes I just want to hang out with my friends friends and meet cute bo- mm. boys and yeah. do stuff like that and i like sh- that's what she did is she kind of played her uncle on this and mm-hmm. was like i'm actually meeting my f- friends here on this and he's just like uh you don't you, you don't want to go see the the cult classic at this other theater you want this teeny bopper garbage that's like right 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 here and she's just like i don't understand it and it's in 3d (laughs) like (laughs) yeah he's really it's not just 3d it's some new special immersive cinematic experience called cinethrax and you need these special glasses for it and the tickets are super expensive and he brought uh these glasses that you put on that cancel out 3D elements that so you can watch it like regular. And he gives her a pair of glasses like, ah, if you want it to, there you go. You don't have to go in for this 3D nonsense. Yeah. And so they, yeah, they, they, they sit down, they're getting all ready. And that's, yeah, that's when they kind of find out, oh, she's there with her friends. Mm. He was talking to the cute boy that works here at the movie theater that they all like and stuff like that and so Patton Oswalt has to go sit by himself in between people he doesn't really know in like right some next cosplayer, to some cosplayer yeah some guy yeah who's in full cosplay and is super psyched just like yes mm-hmm. I love this series I love this movie oh my god mm-hmm. um he's he is the guy from uh Avatar the last airbender with the the cabbages <laughs> like my cabbages <laughs> <laughs> like that's his excitement uh, thing, yeah. uh, or uh, n- not the cabbages gay guy, but the the one who like is foaming at the ma- ma- yes. ma- 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 mouth and yeah, 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 um, yeah. And he's I remember just being that guy. A I don't remember. Don't remember the context. Just remember a guy getting so excited he foams at the mouth about something in that show. <laughs> what right, is yeah. it? <laughs> is it the pebble? It, it's uh it's when the avatar shows up to kiyoshi i believe when he Maybe. shows up to the island of kiyoshi i don't know but pat uh, oswald we'll is to just watch the whole series again ah, yeah, yeah what are you gonna do you know whoops pat oswald is just being a real curmudgeon this whole time yeah. just being like oh this sucks. not in for it um but yeah, so the movie starts and everyone is like enjoying it. They have their goggles on and they're all like, whoa, let's go. This is so real. Like, what's going on? And uh, he's the only one who's not wearing them. And he yeah. has his uh, like his 3D canceling glasses. on. Yeah. And he starts seeing this weird thing like this. There's something behind the screen that's like poking out. And he's just like, this is weird. And then it rips out and it's this creature, this like worm-like creature. And he's the only one that sees it. No one else Mm -hmm. can see it. And so you you immediately are like, oh, it's because they're all wearing the glasses and he's not. But it's also a thing that you can't see it when you're not wearing glasses, period. 
it just so happens to to be that because he has his special mm-hmm. things, yeah. he can see this this uh thing here, and yeah, he's he's starting to go crazy. He's like, "There's something popping out of the screen," and they're all like, "Shut up, you dork!" Of course there is. It's three D. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Um, but he ends up. Go, going to the like projectionist or he he, he gets dragged out of the theater because yeah. he's making such a ruckus meets the projectionists and stuff like that who are like let let us just show you how it works so maybe as someone who enjoys cinema so much maybe we can show you the behind the scenes which will then convince you to like give this a shot uh, and he mm. very quickly learns that they are these like vampiric aliens yeah. from another dimension or something, and this cinematrax thing is like their way of like converting mm-hmm. humans to their hive m- 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 mind uh, and stuff like that. Well, what did you think of this one? <laughs> I liked the premise. Uh, I, I like that movie theaters got included in this uh, tech-themed anthology series. I feel like I feel like I haven't seen movie theaters visited as a premise in such a context, so that was exciting. I like it was really well cast. I like that it was an uncle and niece bonding story. Yeah, I feel like you also could have made it like parents or like older sibling, younger sibling, but I liked that dynamic specifically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah this was <laughs> like an the interesting fake one. movie that we keep cutting to. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they told yeah, me it, I it, had it just to choose. Exactly but what like if I the... choose to not choose? <laughs> it looks exactly like the stereotypical. Like, is it Hunger Games? <laughs> is it Twilight? I don't know. Yeah. It looks kind of like both. Um, but yeah, it was also interesting because he walks outside and the world has just like go- like gone to crap. Yeah. Like in the in the like 30 minute span that this movie has started. Um and yeah, and I, I have to give a shout out to Ashley Birch, uh, who played one of the projectionists. Uh oh. she is a voice actor of a really well known one in the video game industry okay uh, and stuff like that and i've i've seen her a few times and i saw her on screen i was like is that is that ashley birch and i looked it up and sure enough yeah it was i was like oh she's (laughs) she's played some of my favorite characters neat so there you go um yeah and it's by the end of this one yeah they've all been converted to this hive mind that is Sinithrax. Uh, and he is the last and final person. I, I, at mm-hmm. least in like the immediate vicinity. Yeah. We don't we just assume they're all taken. Um but it there's this I it's I don't know if touching is the right way to put it. But know. there there was a moment at the start where he 
turns on the radio as they're going to the theater mm. and he plays this song that he knows his niece likes and she's just like uncle like i like this song mm. when i was in like third grade like it's not my favorite anymore mm. and he's like oh but you loved this and then when he is that final person she starts singing that song and it's the like when you hear the lyrics of that song and really pay attention it is this song about like you're the last one left like you just need to give in and we'll all be happy together and like we can do that and it's just like okay uh that's a little little strange and foreboding but uh mm -hmm. it, it 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 is this like a realization for him that it's not like his that it, that is still his niece like, she's still in yeah. there. Like, it's still her. Like, hey, I still care about you. Like, this is still me. We're just now a part of this thing. And mm. it, like, causes him to be like, I, I guess I'll join you guys in this weird alien hive mind thing. Mm -hmm. I'll watch That's Divergent it. 3 for the rest of my life. Sure. Yeah, right? <laughs> so... That was an int interesting one. I, I, what I liked about that one is how campy it yeah. was. It was, that was a good, fun one. And one thing sure. I like about the show is that there's no, uh, episodes are allowed to have a happy ending or a, a bad ending. Like, there, yeah, <laughs> there's no like everything is like, oh, there's such a variety in the stories, uh, in terms of content and certain in terms of. Uh, what time they take place in because we're going to talk about episode four and that takes place in 1984 but oh like i like that the, you could have a variety of tones at the end like yeah everything can turn out okay the guy and the girl can go on a another date even if he isn't the final version that she designed within the dating app but then you also have yeah then he just puts on the haunted 3d glasses and he watches divergent three forever like you get both Depending on yeah. what you want out of an anthology series, both both sides are here. Both are good. Both are good. Yeah. Um, number three, the time travel. Yeah. Kronos, I believe, is uh, yeah here, and it's so this girl who's obsessed with this cartoon show that's like a kind of Captain Planet style, but it's about like history and traveling through time, and it seems like it has some real science going along with it as much as you can have real science in a show about time travel. She's obsessed with this cartoon called Time Rider and the Chrono Teens. Yeah. <laughs> and it inspired her to start studying physics. But she's also so in love with the show that she just watches it all the time. Like she's a real procrastinator. Her final paper's due in like eight hours and she hasn't started it yet. <laughs> and her friend comes over to show her like, hey, I finished my final paper. Would you look it over? And she points out something that's wrong and she's like, should know that it's not this it's this yeah. remember that one episode of time rider and he's like i don't know what you're talking about she's like come on we watch time rider here i'll show you time rider we'll watch this episode i've got time don't worry but like she can't find it online uh when she googles yeah. it's like the show never existed <laughs> and she like calls error. her mom like yeah Ooh. And like she calls her mom like, mom, you remember that show I used to love when I was a little kid and her mom doesn't know what she's talking about. And she looks on her shelf like that's my shelf of Time Rider DVDs and memorabilia and it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah. All, all so of her paraphernalia has just like disappeared and she's like, 
I'm the only one that remembers. Like something is happening to time. Yeah. That's messing it up. Yeah. It's just like an it, an interesting take on the Mandela effect. When I read the little description, yeah. I thought that's what the episode was going to be. And I like that it's that, but heightened in such a way where it's like, no, you had physical evidence of this thing. And then it vanished. You yeah, had to, it. To, and then an me, hour later, it was gone. To me, it screams more back to the future. Like something was changed. It is and like it just that. Erased yeah. the picture. That is this. one Yeah. Thing. Um. Yeah, and you guys know me. I love a good time travel adventure. Mm. Uh, we're also currently watching the German Netflix show Dark, uh, which yeah. is a, a time travel story that is really, really good. Um, so I, I enjoyed this one a lot. And yeah, they end up meeting the real captain, whatever his name was. Time Rider. They're like... Yeah, he, he's like, I'm Captain Time Rider and something is happening to history and we need to fix it. And she's just like, I'm in. I, I know what's happening. Yeah. I'm all the way in. Uh, and they start doing this thing where they go back in time multiple times and mm -hmm. one version of themselves goes and does this thing and sets this thing up while the next one goes over here and does this thing because they messed up over here and then they need to do this and that, you know. And it's this big, big thing where there's just multiple, multiple cycles. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's it's good. That one was a lot of fun, I thought, because uh, there there is that jo joke of, of like, well, you, you know, I'll I'll get my paper done. It's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll, you know, future me probably invented time travel and set it like in this drawer right here and she looks and is like all right no it's not there okay <laughs> <laughs> you're not that good at physics yeah not that good i yeah that was a neat concept i loved the cartoon whenever we saw the pieces of it i love the design of everything time riders got such a <laughs> he's got this like judge dread style helmet but it's a sundial and he's yeah. covered in x-men pouches <laughs> yep. like to see him in animated form and to see him then come to life, him and the like, you know, sort of Skeletor villain entropy. That was fun. And I like yeah. that then she 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 wants to go to the animation studio and uh, she was the one who created time travel. Like they've got a plaque yeah. of her in the office and everybody so wants her signature. That's kind of one of the twists in this is, yeah. is that not only is this not all, like is the cartoon that she, she loved not a cartoon or not just a cartoon, but mm. it's a real thing. But then when she goes to visit the studio and she mentions her name, they're all like, oh, shit, it's her. Like, what is going on? Can we get your can we get your autograph and stuff? And yeah, it turns out that she is the person that invented time. Mother travel. of time. Yeah, and that this studio is like in uh, like a an operation to like hide what they actually do here, and they are the Chrono Teens or whoever, right? They are guarding time and and stuff like that. And it's uh, it's 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 a neat one. It's it's fun. Mm hmm. I enjoyed that one a lot. Um, I, I, beyond that, though, like as, I, it's 
weird essay. Like, I felt that one was a straightforward time travel story. <laughs> Even though there's like multiple yeah. loops on this yes. thing, which is like, okay, this is just a time travel story. Um, yeah. So, yeah, they, they didn't really do much else with it besides that, but it was still good. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And then episode four, I think, was my favorite, and not just because it's the Polybius episode. I think I have to agree. But I, yeah, it's just, just tells a very insular uh very emotionally resonant story. And I think all of these episodes have got pretty well illustrated main characters, like as much as you can get in like a 45 minute anthology series where that's all the time we've ever spent with these people and we're never going to see them again. They feel pretty real, like the emotional stakes of all these episodes are well communicated and you feel for them. Yeah, I think (laughs) episode four hit the most. It takes place in 1984. And it's this teenage boy who wants to be a games journalist, but like everything he tries to write and send into the magazine, they're like, yeah, okay, well, the centipede's a couple years old by now. Can you get us something more cutting edge, like something that's really worth publishing, that's going to really set us apart from everything else? And his local arcade gets Polybius, a game so new that nobody's ever heard of the thing. And he starts playing Polybius and it messes with his head. It <laughs> It sort of destroys everything around him. And he's dealing with that. And he's dealing with being gay and being like the threat of being teased by other people at school if they find out. And he's got a crush on this this peer who works at the arcade. But he doesn't know how to tell him. And like there's this new girl in town who like wants to be his friend. And he's like, I don't I I don't know. Like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I want to let you into my life or not. Yeah. This one, I agree, was probably my favorite. I think this is one of their mm. best ones. Um, mm. it, 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 this one stood out to me not because of the twist that they did or the sci-fi thing that they, they, mm. they did with this, but because of the characters. I, yeah. I, I liked this one the most because of them. Uh, I was more so drawn into their story and like wanting mm-hmm. to follow those characters rather than I was like, OK, what's the twist going to be? Um, yeah. As as you mentioned, we find out that the main character who wants to be this video game j- journalist is gay and he mm-hmm. has a crush on the guy that works at the arcade. And yeah, it's just like he's still in the closet, hasn't told him. Yeah, it is dealing with being a nerd in high school and being beat up by all the jocks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we, we get hints that uh, the new girl that comes to town, uh, there's something different about her too. She doesn't really specify what, uh, but there is this moment where she kind of signals to him as like, hey, I know what you're going through or something because I'm different too, but we don't, we don't really know if that's because is, is I, she, she gay or is, is, is it just I, because it, she's it, a person of color that she's. Yeah. Different? Like I wasn't sure if that was it. Like I, I never got enough sense of like the rest of the town to determine if that was it or if there was right. something beyond that, that was a little bit more. Uh, vague and amorphous that I just didn't get to like put my finger on. Yeah, um, and th- th- as as far as that whole story goes, 
dealing with uh, that character being gay, she ends up inspiring him to bite up the nerve to tell this guy, kind of. Yeah. Uh, and they they have a moment. He ends up trying to kiss him, and the guy's just like, "What are you doing? Like, uh, this is like, but is is not angry? Is yeah? Like, they at at the end of the day, they don't really deal with it or the whole situation there, mm-hmm. but they at least don't go in, get into the like, "Ew, you're gross," or like, "What the hell is wrong yeah. with you?" Stuff. He's just like like i those aren't the signals i was sending maybe you misread those uh and then something happens that they don't really get to talk much about it since Mm. then but then uh they they do have a brief moment where he does confess his love he's just like hey i love you but it it also kind of works as this like platonic thing of just like thanks dude like like i love you uh, and, and they they just seem fine with it, and they and they move on. Um, so it, it was nice that that stuff was in there, but yeah, that is the thing that like drew me in to that mm-hmm. story rather than all the stuff that's happening with Polybius. Yeah, and the these two guys they are friends, like they're pals with each other. Yeah. And it is, um, uh, Jess is the guy who works at the arcade and Andrew is our protagonist who wants to be the journalist. And uh, yeah, they're friends with each other. And when Andrew tries to kiss Jess, you can tell that it's, it is, uh, it's respectful, you know, how Jess reacts and more like, oh, I thought we were just friends. Like, I, I didn't know that's how you were feeling about me. You're right. There's no disgust or judgment in it or anything. Yeah, yeah, and then they hug a lot at the end. There's a big group hug between them and, and their friend Amy, this new girl who came to town. Yeah, it's it's very sweet, and you, you don't know. Like, that door wasn't completely closed to maybe that will be a romance in the future. Maybe that is something it cr- could grow into, or maybe they do mm-hmm. just stay really wonderful friends with each other. A friendship's also very valuable. Indeed. Indeed, yeah. Uh, so let's talk Polybius real quick. So, Melissa, give me a refresher. What is the, like, real-life Polybius stuff? It is an urban legend. It's, like, 98% definitely not true. Yeah. (laughs) But it's an urban legend that in this time, in this town, like, a lot of the stuff in this episode was true to the Polybius legend. Like, there was an arcade game that mysteriously showed up in some arcade in Beaverton, Oregon, outside of Portland, that it was called Polybius. It was by some company called Sinislotion, which roughly translates to German as like since is deleted. And if you play the game, like you get really super entranced with it. And later you're left with nightmares and you feel paranoid. And uh, there, there were boys in that time who like did suffer like heart attacks or strokes or something after extended video game periods that there was this big hubbub about it was whether it was the video game's fault or just the fact that no that boy had a pre-existing condition he didn't know about or well Mm -hmm. he played video games for 16 hours straight just standing up there drinking coke like that's why it's not the video game if he did anything in that time he also would have had a heart attack yeah yeah so like they take they add all this stuff in. Yeah, a lot of it's accurate. They add in this demon element, which is new. 
you know, the traditional storytelling of Polybius is that it's a, a government mind control plant and they're secretly the you know, black ops testing it out. But MK here it's Ultra. like, yeah, yeah, there is some of that, but also there's like a demon attached to it. Like a demon is possessed the game and the, you know, the, uh, they find out that the woman who owns the arcade, like was the person who like, uh, she, she used to be a, a video game programmer and this idea just like came to her. Like she had like a prophecy, like, like Polybius used her to build itself. And she's like, yeah. I know the game needs to feed, so I take it around from town to town. This is like the 12th little arcade or pizzeria or laundromat or something where I've brought it to. Yeah, so to to dive more into that, because this one, you mentioned there's this like demon thing that is attached yeah. to, 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 to it. So in this story, they describe how Polybius was uh, an angel, I think, or something that would inspire these artists and creators. Yeah, and then decided to be like, hey, instead of having them paint God or Jesus or stuff like that, what if they paint me instead? And so that's what he does. He gets this one guy to paint him and that makes god angry and so god casts him out and he becomes this devil or this demon uh and so now he goes around looking for creators to kind of like control and inspire in his own way and that's why it it's it's looking for creators and uh it has this need to feed on like souls and stuff like that and so yeah when this idea hit um the woman that used to be this programmer Mm. that's what happened it was this it was this demon that found her and was like she's the one we're making a video game let's go baby uh and that's what they did. Polybius was born. Yeah. Interesting so. new take on the story. I, I, even if I hadn't known anything about Polybius, I still would have really enjoyed this episode. For sure. For sure. Indeed. Uh, next one. Yeah. Episode five. A Christmas episode. Hey. <laughs> good old Christmas time. Even though, even though I looked in, I think the show premiered in like April. I'm glad they still like included Christmas. Maybe they were filming it around that time or something. Or they wrote it around that time. Who knows? Still valuable. Yeah. Yeah, It's about this woman who's a army psychologist and she's been uh, out in service for like 18 months or something. She has a wife and a little girl at home who are like really excited to see her, miss her a lot, want her to come home for Christmas. It's like December 22nd. And just as she's leaving, <laughs> this other soldier kind of uh, <laughs> gets in a convi- like, oh, I'm also going to the shuttle for the transport to fly back home. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it together. And they start driving. Mm-hmm. The woman's like, we need you for something. You need to come with me. You're not in trouble. We, we have something you need to do. And this psychologist is like, OK, fine. And like they put a bag over her head and they take her to this NSA office mm-hmm. and they're like. There's been this terrorist who's been going around bombing different places. We're trying to track him. He sent out messages that seem like he's going to attack again soon. We've got this 
data analyst who's been tracking him. His performance hasn't been great. He's suffering. We need this guy to find this terrorist. Would you talk to him? And she's like, uh, like I want to go home, but, but sure, I'll give it a shot. And then it turns out that this data analyst is a supercomputer built into like a giant flesh machine. It's a huge wall of flesh. It's like a 20 foot high flesh cube with like an old computer blinking lights in it. And it's like, hello, I am Bob. What if we could make a human brain the size of a room? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they did. It is just this like amorphous human brain uh, that they have named Bob. Uh, and he's just like, hi, I'm Bob. And she's just like, what? <laughs> I, this, this is not what I was expecting. Uh, yeah, but, but then she's like, a soldier's a soldier. Like, I'll help him out however I can. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, she, she's trying to figure out, like, what's wrong and why Bob needs therapy mm. uh, and stuff like that. And Yeah, it turns out that he is tracking everything. Like he he knows yeah. everything about everyone. Uh, and it's, you know, when he's taking surveillance footage, he do- doesn't just get the person that he's actually looking for. He gets everything and be- he can follow them all home and figure out their stories. And he just mm. he sees so much suffering in the world so much sadness and stuff and it is affecting him to be like it is there really any hope like i'm not Mm -hmm. truly making a difference i can stop this one guy doing a terrorist attack but at the end of the day the person who was sitting next to him that had no idea uh you know that they were sitting next to a Mm -hmm. terrorist and is gonna go home and is dealing with suicidal thoughts and depression and a divorce or who knows what Mm -hmm. like i i can't really save them if i focus on this thing or if i focus on that thing and yeah so she has to like help him and talk him through that and it doesn't seem to be going too well um and at the end of the day they're kind of just like well i think we just need to like shut him down since he is this big machine like i think he's yeah. served his purpose uh and experiment done yeah and like he manages to find the terrorist again he'd lost him but he finds the guy but it's it's not soon enough they can't track him quick enough and he blows up um a, an underground rail station in chicago yeah yeah so they're about to shut him down uh and this is when something kind of clicks in the therapist's head of like oh this is what he he needs like he he needs to do this one thing i don't know how they orchestrate this in like half an hour (laughs) but they do the idea is this guy just needs to be giving like he needs to do something nice for someone and yeah. if if he can be santa claus for one night like he <laughs> will be he will be the cause of joy for so many people 
and because of his capabilities to see all the surveillance and hack all these phones and stuff like that, he can see the entire world be happy for one night. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, it's 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 a it's a really touching moment, but they I again, I don't know how they set this up, but they just have this like fleet of drones go deliver pa- packages to like right. all the it's houses like, in the entire world <laughs> it's like they're connected to amazon or something yeah and yeah. and bob just like overwrites everything because bob knows like every single piece of data in the world it just like spends like three billion dollars of government <laughs> money to like fly lego kits to, to like kids for christmas yeah yeah and it's 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 a good fun moment yeah and it's, it has this like touching happy ending uh but yeah it, it is this like interesting just like look at artificial intelligence if you can even really call it that because i mean they they're experimenting with all that stuff right now in our lifetime uh and there's been some scary experiments and things that have gone wrong and things of like we we didn't teach you that language you you guys just made up your own language that's not good shut down like uh, mm-hmm. that's not a good thing and and so to have this machine that can surveil all of these people and and just figure out who they are, know every little bit of data about them, and put together these profiles. Like, what would that do to it, 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 whether it's a robot or a human? Because it, 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 the their yeah. whole idea is like this is a human brain that we just put more brain on, and it is now a brain the <laughs> size brain. of a room. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like, what does this do to a human? Like, what does this connectedness necessarily do? Uh, because that, it's kind of like social media in a sense of like, I'm following, I don't know, like two, five thousand people, right? And I get to see all of this stuff that they post about and all that stuff. And sure, some of that might be fake right of just like oh it's a great day in the studio selfie and then it's like i'm not actually recording something that day <laughs> or like i rented the studio and i don't actually do anything right you know um or but like it might it might be that or it might be this this like actual cry for help of just like dude today sucks like i i i don't, I don't know if i can take it uh and it's just like this mix of stuff and you see it and you get bombarded with that stuff and sometimes you don't know what to do sometimes you can't really do much sometimes it's just like i i don't like i'm i just scroll past it and don't even think about it like yeah like what does that do yeah i i liked the i like that approach a lot that this being this consciousness with all the information in the world you know, it doesn't become corrupt. He just becomes sad. <laughs> like he just becomes yeah. downtrodden. And like he comes to love all of these people and feel bad for them. And he's like, I have to do something. And he's so choked up with this need to do something that he sort of 
freezes and like he psychologically like can't track the number one threat that he's been assigned to track. Yeah, I thought that was a very touching and even though it's it's sad, like an ultimately positive portrayal of this sort of intelligence and surveillance that like uh, there's always going to be empathy. Empathy's always going to be there. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that, that, that was an interesting one. Not necessarily my favorite, but it was a it was a good look at at. Yeah, at there I. I could see myself returning to this episode and like years from now, you know, like when you're having the it's the holidays and you're just watching a bunch of TV holiday special episodes. I'd love to just throw this one in and completely yeah. take somebody by surprise, like not introduce yeah. them to it at all. Just like, uh, now I'm going to show you a new Christmas episode. Click. <laughs> just, there you go. just watch them encounter this 20 foot meat cube. <laughs> it's not a meat cute. It's a meat cube. <laughs> Meet you. <laughs> but truly, there is goodwill towards men, as the Christmas carols have heralded. Exactly. Um, last but not least here, what was the name yeah. of this one here? This, uh, this one is one? called... Oh, oh I don't remember the name of it. Impulse okay. is the name of it here, according to Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, so this one is kind of set in modern day times there's an esports uh tournament and we follow uh val hernandez uh known mm. as speed run uh to the esports community and it looks like she plays a game similar to like apex legends or call of duty ish uh kind of thing there and uh she's a very well-known player in that space she kind of has a rival named Kilohertz. Uh, yeah. Some kind of douchebag semen guy who's also really good at uh, that stuff. And uh, yeah, they're at this event. She, I think she ends up losing that first event, right? Is she comes in second. And, well, and like she could have won the losing. entire thing, but instead of yeah. going for like the... Uh, it's just kill like killing the final bot in the game that would have won it. She's like, I'm going to go kill him and then I'll yeah. win and I'll take him out. I'll show him that I'm as good as he is. But he plays too fast and she loses. Yeah. Uh, and so as a result, this mysterious guy comes up and offers her a solution. And his name happens to be Kojima. Which is kind of funny. Uh, What's wild to me is that she hands her the business card. It says Kojima. And she doesn't know how to pronounce it. That's and the which, joke. Which, like, I barely know anything about video games. But I know there's a very important video game man named Kojima. So to hand the card to a gamer and she's like, Kojima? Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's so, it's... I, I didn't like that j j joke. I thought that yeah. didn't play well at all. Uh, but it is... It is one of those, like, eye-rowling, like, okay, I get the joke. Like, his name is Kojima. I know that his name is Kojima. Yeah. Like, that is one of the things that non-gay gay gamers know. They know the name Kojima. Yes. Uh, yes. And, it, yeah, it is this, like, Ko Ko Kojima? What is this? Uh, so it's just like, oh my god, 
Um, but he is the creator of this drink, this like he is the creator of this energy drink. That what it does is when you drink it, it slows down time. So yeah, you perceive all of this stuff in slow motion. Or I guess yeah, it doesn't slow down time actually mm-hmm. but you perceive things like they are going in slow motion which then gives you the edge to be like to to get these precise k- k- kills and stuff like that which is then how we know oh this is how kilohertz played yeah. so good and this is this is why he's 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 too fast is is what they mm. said um and so she ends up using this in the next tournament. But there's a catch to this mm-hmm. drink here. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When, she, when he gives it to her the first time, like, hey, try this free sample on me. He only pours enough liquid to, like, fill the bottle cap. And she drinks yeah. that. And she's able to play this bullet hell game, like, slow down and, like, weave between the bullets and win it for once. Yeah. And then afterwards, she's like, oh, my God, what, what am I sitting over here? I was just sitting over there. And he's like, oh, that was an hour ago. Like, when you do this, you you snap back. Like, your consciousness kind of gets stuck, like, living so slowly in that moment while, while your body continues to do things. Like, you only yeah. lost an hour this time, but the more you drink, the more time you'll lose. And she drinks so much energy drink. And by so much, I mean like like a cough syrup size Five bottle. Five hour energy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like slightly. It's like you drank six ounces. It's really not that much. But she drinks enough that she loses 12 years. Yeah. And she wakes up and she has a kid and she's married. She's three kids. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the world has is in some like post apocalypse. Like mm-hmm. some like. Something has happened and she is the like de facto sheriff of the town mm-hmm. uh, because her, her her skills in the game were so good. Like she knows tactics and how to yeah. do all the <laughs> she knows how to protect the, the town and stuff like that. But this post apocalypse was started because of this drink. And if people snap back they lose and have lost so much time it they they don't really know how to conduct themselves correctly in the apocalypse that they they're kind of a burden right they don't know how to defeat the lizard people uh the death lizards yeah and uh, all this stuff so they they kind of expel them from the town Mm -hmm. to be like we don't want you you're dead wait like you need to go learn to survive uh and maybe if you survive we'll take you back but chances are you'll die Mm -hmm. so have fun right uh and she's realizing this in the midst of snapping back being like yeah i need to make it seem like i am not snapping back but i also mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's happening here so i don't really know how to do that uh what's going on uh 
and yeah, it's like it's her dealing with the repercussions of this. This is the one you said that at the start had that one twist, and yeah, it's like twelve years later, and she's just like, which is wild. Because I thought we would see like an escalating scenario, like she loses an hour and then she loses a week and then she loses six months, a couple of years to immediately go from an hour to 12 years was not what I was expecting at all. No, yeah, it's interesting. It's certainly a bold choice. Yeah, for sure. And it turns out these death lizards uh, is actually just like the <laughs> rival nomadic clan led by Killahertz. Yeah, it's not <laughs> a, you think it's a monster. No, it's just like a Mad Max troop that's led by <laughs> Kilohertz in a yeah. still wearing his like esports jersey with the Twitch logo on it. But also he's yeah. got like a leather jacket with spikes and like a yeah. mask. And... She she finally gets kicked out of her community when they re- like she she volunteers this no. information yeah. that like I I snapped she back leaves. like I I I I don't know what's happening here I'm gonna go and explore and figure out some things uh and she leaves and yeah ends up meeting. The death hazards, and she like t- 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 takes off her mask and is like, "Kilohertz, is that you?" And he, he's like, "Speed run, is that you?" Like, what's going on here? Uh, and yeah, they have this confrontation, uh, and they they end up attacking the town. Right, the death lizards end up. Yeah, attacking yeah. The even town, though it's only like save them. It's like eight guys, but apparently <laughs> they are so foreboding that the entire town lives in fear of them. And it's like they see like the dust trail of they're coming down the hill. Squad two, and they're Delta like, well, formation, let's go over there. Squad like B. we all have to go <laughs> run and we yeah. have to go run and hide in the ravine. We can't fight off these eight guys. Yeah, <laughs> who played Apex Legends 12 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> and like, uh, uh and and Val had like left the town voluntarily. She's like, I don't I, I don't think I belong here. I don't I don't deserve it here. Like, I need to figure stuff out. And she wanders off and she finds Kojima again, who's still living out there. Also, I love that every time you see him, he's eating like yeah. he meets her outside he like of a the burrito. Gaming. Yeah, like he's just eating a giant bowl of ramen. Every time you see him, he's just stuffing his face, which and like it peters out to where she meets him in this post-apocalyptic land, and he's like eating a, a cat food can. And yeah. He's like, I still have more impulse drink, and he's like, you can drink all of this now, and you will live out the rest of your days, uh, just like slowly playing through a video game. Like you'll never snap back because you'll take so much. That the snap would be like 60 back, yeah. years. Yeah, yeah. You're not going to live that long. There's no place for you to go back to. And she ta- you don't know if she takes the bottle or not, but then you see that she has taken it. She's drank all of it just so that she can slow her mind down enough to fight off all of the death lizards. I, I, I thought she didn't take it. Because I, I, th- I, no, I thought well, she well, you threw see her. Because she, she throws, throws the, the empty bottle at him. The bottle's empty, presumably because she drank all of it. And then you see her eyes dilate like her eyes do the thing. Uh, maybe I missed that. So, th- she- Yeah, like she had chosen to drink it after all, but like to defend her, her family and her town. 
See, I, 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 th I thought she rejected it and was like, no, screw this. No one should have have this. And then, like, again, voluntarily went back to be like, hey, I, I'm I'm still like the the tournament was like yesterday to me. So I still have all of mm. my tactical Maybe. knowledge and all of that stuff. So she just like went back to be like, look, look all right, I, I know what's happening now i can defend you i have a family i need a chance to figure this stuff out like i and so yeah but i, I guess that's not what happened so there you I, go <laughs> i i i like this episode it's the premise is interesting i think it's uh it's it's done well like all the fight scenes look very cool the sort of post-apocalyptic grunge looks cool enough if that's yeah. the aesthetic you're into but I just had too many questions about everything. And I feel like it wasn't plot holes. It's like the story just deciding, no, we're going to be this simple and this straightforward and this silly and it's fine. But yeah. apparently like when you're, when you take this, this impulse energy drink, even though your consciousness is stuck, like in slow motion, you apparently appear exactly the same. Like nobody can tell you're on this. So it's not like she was living 12 years of her life on autopilot. Like she she proposed to her boyfriend in that time. He married her. It was the best day of their lives. She had three kids. She was elected sheriff of this town. Like she seemed yeah. like she was fully present, like a, a real, like vivid human being during this time. And it was confused about how about, your consciousness yeah. can be so diverted. And then in the end, when she's fighting off the death lizards, like she shoots a, a like a barrel of gasoline that blows up like three of them. And I'm like, it seems like every resource is Video rare game. here in this post apocalypse. Why are you shooting a barrel of gasoline to blow up three guys? It seems like you're moving fast enough. You could just shoot all three of them. They put it in there as the like, this is what you do in video games. You shoot the explosive I, I barrel. That. And, yeah. But I was like, but the resources, you guys barely have water. Yeah, right. Gasoline. They're not making it anymore. Like, you need to keep it. Like, mm -hmm. all that stuff. That's what I don't get about shows like The Walking Dead or stuff like that. It's like, you guys should have, like, big bushy beards. The women should have hair on their legs and their armpits, like all of, all of that stuff. Like that stuff has gone out the window. Like there was one character in like season six or seven of The Walking Dead that like found Twizzlers and is just like constantly munching on Twizzlers. I'm like, those are like four years old. Like, why are you just like those aren't good anymore? Like you should. They're entirely be able solid. To just, like. Find these and eat them and survive. Like, <laughs> yeah, like it's not, it's no longer a gummy snack. It's like, ah, yes, this is building material because it's completely rigid. Yeah, right. Or is now Gonna like, build me a Twizzler house somehow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just like, I don't understand this stuff. There's some of this stuff that just d doesn't make sense and they just don't talk mm -hmm. about it. Uh, and same thing with this show. Like, how is Kojima still like doing his thing there like i don't get it what is he doing i don't know but he's there <laughs> eating his can weird stuff weird stuff <laughs> indeed there you go uh melissa it is time to check in oh, with our that's bingo. Right. bingo it's bingo, bingo, bingo time 
See, when we got out of this show, I really wish I would have put the voice of Mark Hamill on my list, but I, right. I was foolish and did not. Come on, bingo card, open, open up. What are you doing here? Yeah. So if this is your first episode or you haven't listened to us recently, we made bingo cards that we're going to be filling out uh, for the rest of the year where we wrote down a bunch of like uh, the plot tropes and like uh, the pop culture cliches and things like that. And at the end of every episode, we see if we can cross anything off. Yeah. Uh, so to recap, I need one space to get a bingo. The sound of cicadas oh. is what I need. Ah, oh, bean. Um, and then I don't I have know one if I can cross anything off this week. Uh, yeah, robots weren't blamed for murder. Uh, <laughs> there wasn't an ancient evil or a magic book. There was no actor that appeared as themselves. Uh, yeah. But the one the that I do have is the voice of Mark Hamill. Oh, man. The closest I, I could get is Secret Royalty, list. which kind of applies to episode three where she finds out she's the inventor of time travel. But it's not yeah, that's not the context not in which I was same. thinking of it. So I'm not yeah. going to let myself cross it off. Death by electrocution. Yeah. So our, our my card is a little bit different from Melissa's. Since yeah. We a big pool of things to from and fill out our cards with but uh we're getting there we're getting there i right. I, I think i will say this i think at once we get the first bingo whoever gets it um i think next time we should make our cards bigger we should we yeah. should put more of them on i think we we did a five by five thing i think yeah. we should do Maybe even like a 10 by 10 if we can do something oh like God. that or like a 9 by 9. Uh, something with that. Just have it be huge. Because th that way it'll last us like a whole eh, year. That's true. Inst instead yeah. of like we're, we're going to get like four or five bingos in a year. It's like here's here's what here's something we've been doing the entire year. I mean, all right, maybe we don't need 9 by 9, maybe like 7 by 7 or something that, that sounds like a good a way good... to step it up because yeah we'll do because you have to do an odd number so like let's just we start with five we'll do seven yeah. nine eleven yeah, we'll, as we we'll go see how seven does next time yeah uh, yeah cool. cool 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 all right voice of mark hamill that's what i got if only we had a spaceship ai or a one-shot sequence yeah oh well um okay let me close that because i don't need that anymore there you go that's bingo for this week voice of mark hamill melissa thank you mark do you have recommendations if people liked this what else might they want to check out i've got two podcasts so uh, yeah. some of the creators of this show uh, uh, Will Campos, Matt Arnold, and Freddie Wong, who uh, was an executive producer and did some directing, uh, they have a podcast called Story Break. Story cool. Break is a weekly podcast from Rocket Jump where we sit down in the writer's room and attempt to break a story for a ridiculous concept, property, or idea that we in no way have any rights to. Join us every week as we attempt to tackle everything from beloved video games to billion-dollar franchises. I've listened to a couple episodes of the show. It's fun. 
they just come up with a preposterous like thing for a story to be about like a very simple like a person or character and they're like what do we make out of this like can we make aunt beru a star wars story can we make <laughs> the count chocula movie <laughs> i listened and to an episode the emoji this week. movie was born <laughs> right it's stuff like that like what is the most simplistic thing that we can spin out into being this entire narrative and like they spend an hour talking about the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like they spend an hour breaking down the the story of it. Like they go really deep into like what the plot and the characters would be at the end. They do like a little. Um, That's cool. A little trailer. This week I listened to uh, one where they try and design face off to faces wild. And there's <laughs> there's a really fun episode where they try and make a movie out of the lyrics to the boys are back in town. Hmm. You know, guess who just got back today? Well, those wild-eyed boys who have been away. It's it's yeah. them. But they but it's Why also a Christmas movie, so it's like Santa stole all of these boys to be in an army, and now all the boys have come back and like the one boy who was left in town, he's got a son and like now Santa's going to try and steal his son. <laughs> and it's like they keep singing everything to the tune of the song like the boys will take your son the boys will take your son it's it's re it's really entertaining also there's a joke they say at the beginning where like the song the boys are back in town is like from the perspective of somebody just watching and telling you about the boys they're not one of the boys they're just like you better watch out because the boys are back and they compare the voice of the song to the herald of Galactic. <laughs> yeah, he, he is <laughs> the silver about all week. <laughs> right. I recommend this podcast. I also recommend an audio drama that I think I've pitched like three times and we haven't done it yet. It's called Uncanny County. It uh -huh. is an anthology series about um oh, uh, there's some sci-fi in there, there's some fantasy, there's some spooky stuff. It's sort of general eerie weirdness and it's like you're driving down an, an unlit desert road in the dead of night with only the full moon sure you don't take a wrong turn or you could end up in uncanny county i think they've yeah. done maybe two seasons the episodes are fun they are like a little bit lighter but also the characters are pretty richly illustrated for how little time we get to spend with them there's a big variety of stories it's it's mm -hmm. like this show in that it's not uh, they're not all like these judgmental cautionary tales, be careful or this could happen to you sort of tone. They're just sort of odd, odd little stories. I like it a lot. <laughs> like there's an episode where uh, it's Orson Welles trying to do another broadcast after the War of the Worlds where like everybody's suspicious of him and like this is his one chance to like get back on his feet. Like sure, you better yeah. not pull any more funny stuff on us, Orson, or you're never going to work no in this town again. Business. And then, yeah. like, there actually are aliens infiltrating the show because they know nobody will believe him if he tries to tell the world about it. There so you he's go. trying to the tell Orson everyone, they're Wells aliens, something's aliens. wrong. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's an episode about um, a fire watch tower in a, in a public park, in, like, a state park that's wonderful. This is the reason why I keep pitching this podcast. I want to talk about the fire watch episode. There's really neat stuff in Uncanny County. And they're like okay. half an hour long or so, like great voice acting, great sound design. 
I recommend it. Throw it on for a night drive sometime. If I'm not mistaken, I think they at least used to. Uh, They might still. uh, I think they follow us on Twitter. Uh, Mm. So, there you go. Thank you, Uncanny County. Yeah. One of my faves. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Cool. I want to recommend something we've covered here on the show. Uh, Hadron Gospel Hour, Season 1. Yeah. It is another uh, audio drama. Yeah, it is a podcast that you can go listen to wherever you get your podcasts and all that stuff. It's not an anthology, but it is a sci-fi show uh, in the style of those like old radio plays and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. It's fun. It's campy. It's funny. Uh, There's some good, interesting sci-fi in in that uh, that. Yeah, it's just it's it's a good time. Yeah, so, and it's about check you out. know these guys who get lost in these dimensional rifts, and they're always like, like they peer into other dimensions as like their entertainment. Yes. Like instead of watching TV, they're like, let's just tune into Dimension Three B and see what they're up to. And that's when you get these sort of fun, speculative like sketches. So it's it's, yeah. it's almost like an anthology show embedded around this larger narrative. Indeed, yeah, uh, that's one to absolutely ch- check out. Uh, and that was number. I don't know what number this was. Let's see here. Hadron Gospel Ooh. Hour. Where is Ooh, when did we do that one? It was number 65 way back in July okay. of 2019. Uh, oh, my God. Almost 100 episodes ago. Yeah, almost. Uh, yeah, I, I, re- I recommend that one. I had a blast with that one. Um, so go go check that out. Uh, I also want to. Uh, recommend i just i my mind just blanked on the name uh there's a co- comic book called black science uh that i would oh. recommend it, it is a little bit more hard sci-fi uh a little bit more pulpy um if if you like have seen the covers to like john carter of mars and stuff mm. like that those old like pulp novels it's kind of like that uh, but the premise of the book revolves around the scientist that has uh, figured out how to tap into other dimensions and travel to them. Uh, and his idea is he is going to go to the dimensions that they have solved cancer and they've gotten rid of this disease or they have this technology that will help out humanity and he's going to take them of just be like hey you guys have figured out how to do this thing we have not yet let's take Mm -hmm. you know let's bring that back to our dimension uh and so it is this dimension hopping adventure because they hop into a dimension and shit goes wrong (laughs) and they can't make it back and his whole family is there and they get separated and it is this thing of like, do I go meet myself in this dimension and help myself figure out how to fix this thing? Or what do I do here? Um, and it's it's a really, really good story uh, about this family trying to get back and all of the secrets that they've been keeping and stuff like that. So I would recommend going to check that out if you like sci-fi Neat. but want something maybe a little bit more serious and the art in mm-hmm. that book holy moly the art in that book is gorgeous um I, I i bought the book initially for the art 
it itself and was just like i this art is mind-blowing um so yeah i would say go check that stuff out uh, the last thing I want to recommend uh, is is something that's pro like that most people probably aren't going to get or find, uh, <laughs> but I want to put this out there anyways. I bought a book years ago. Actually, I have it on my shelf here. Oh. Uh, pulling it out. This is a book that I found in a bookstore for real cheap. Uh... And it is called The Joiners in 3D. Ah. It's a comic um, by R.J. Ryan and David Marquez. Uh, and it is this sci-fi tale. Uh, it's all in what seems to be black and white, but it's actually phase shifted. And the book was supposed to come with 3D glasses. I am recommending this for the th 3D. So, yes, it is a 3D oh. comic um wow that you can read and it, it is this yeah like sci-fi tale of robots and corporate espionage it kind of reminded me of irobot and the jetsons mm. and all, all sorts of stuff uh but it is this like dark tale of murder and uh stuff like that and it was a lot of fun um Man, dark jetsons we, espionage that's my new yeah, aesthetic right uh yeah, and we so we covered this a long, long time ago on the Whatnots podcast. Uh, so if you guys want to do some digging, that's on our website. Uh, you can go listen to myself and our co-creator here at the Whatnots, Paul, um, who is no, no longer here at the Whatnots. Uh, we talk about this book because um, we had the opportunity. He was in town and I was like, we need to read this book. Because there's going to be no other opportunity for us to check this out. And, like, how often do, do you get 3D c comics? So. Yeah. There you go. I had Inventive. I recommend that one. Yeah. The joiners in 3D. I, 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 to be honest, I think there's a non-3D version out there, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't remember. Anyways uh go check out go check that out the whatnots.com um but melissa it is my turn to do the pitches for this week mm -hmm. so i got i i wanted to dive into some marvel comics that we haven't oh read yet. nice uh wanted to do some comics because i felt like it's been a while so i have a good it grab has. bag of comics here thank you the for first... supplying comics I was thinking yeah. last week, it has been a little while since we've done a comic, but I don't know enough about comics to go find any myself, so you have to bring them. Indeed. Uh, so the first one that I want to do uh, is a 10-issue series called Doctor Doom. Ah! Uh, this, uh, so all 10 issues are on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, however, they have volume one available on Comixology Unlimited, Unlimited, and then issues six through ten. You have to read okay. single issues. Uh, but yeah, this follows Doctor Doom. Victor Von Doom is at a crossroads, wrestling with visions of an entirely different life, a better future. 
the Lord of Latveria offers mankind a stark warning about the folly of a trillion-dollar global effort to create the first artificial black hole. But when a catastrophic act of terrorism kills thousands, the prime suspect is doom. Listen, this is written by Christopher Cantwell uh, of yes. Halt and Catch Fire. This is why I this is why I wanted to pitch this book. Uh, we recently watched all of Halt and Catch Fire here on the review show in four parts, uh, one for each season. It was a phenomenal show. I knew that <sighs> Love it. Chris had uh, written some comics, so here you. Go, Doctor Doom, uh, is one of the things that he has written. That's pitch number one. Pitch number two. Let me open this up here. Series details also available in Comicsology Unlimited. I wanted to read the first two volumes of Hawkeye by Matt Fraction oh. and David Aja. Um, this book is maybe almost 10 years old. I don't know exactly when this came out. Uh, it, it was instantly a classic. Yeah. This was like a char a character-defining series um, from, from this creative team. Uh, and it says, The breakout star of the summer's blockbuster Avengers film, Clint Barton, a.k.a. the self-made hero, Hawkeye fights for justice with ex-young Avenger Kate B -B -B Bishop by his side. He's out to prove himself as one of Earth's mightiest he heroes. S.H.I.E.L.D. recruits Clint to intercept a packet of incriminating of incriminating of incriminating, I cannot speak this word. Uh, I'm sure you guys can figure it out. It is, mm -hmm. damn it. I was hoping I could surprise myself and say it really fast. Some, sometimes sometimes that, that, that works. Oh, well. Uh, you guys know what I was about to say. Um, yes. uh, before he becomes the most wanted man in the world. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, this is not the entire series, but I wanted to read the first two volumes of this this book because I've heard nothing but good, okay. great things. And I still haven't read yeah. this book. Um, oh, wow. So there you go. It would be a new one for me. First two volumes are on Comixology Unlimited. It collects. It would be issues one through 11. OK. Uh, for those of you interested there. That's pitch number two. And then pitch number three is actually a book I have never heard of before, but it oh. is all entirely on Comixology Unlimited. It's only six issues, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And it is uh, called 1985 or Marvel 1985. Um, and let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. I don't think that. What if I go into issue one? Does that tell a better? Yeah, here we go. Uh, so volume one, which is the entire thing, uh, is about young Toby Goodman. 
Toby lives an ordinary life, filling his days with Marvel comics as an escape from his dysfunctional family. Then one day, Toby stumbles across an old house inhabited by the villains that terrorize the Marvel Universe. At first, no one believes what he claims to have seen, but that was before the bodies started turning up. So this is written by Mark Millar, uh, who wrote the Civil War comic. He also wrote Kick-Ass, if you guys are familiar Mm -hmm. with that, uh, and uh, a bunch of... Uh, the Netflix show J- Jupiter's Circle, he he wrote that book. Uh, also, Kingsman, Secret Service, that's yeah. based on his c- comics uh, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I never heard of this book. It, it seems like it is this story about a kid in real life who likes Marvel c- comics, uh, but then discovers that they're real. Or, or something. <laughs> a lot of uh, Marvel and DC co- comics, they have, you know, multiple universes and stuff mm. like that. And every once in a while, you'll get this thing where, like, the Fantastic Four has c- c- comics being made about them. And they are yeah. made by the people that make the book so they can go to the studio where they're making the book and meet the creators of the book and be like hey that one ish 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 issue was really bad dr doom beat us no that wouldn't happen (laughs) right um and yeah i think this is kind of one of those stories of like hey what if this is a story about a kid who just reads those comics and like isn't and yeah so I've never heard of this book. I don't know if it's bad or good or what. So there you go. That's pitch number three, 1985. Marvel, 1985. Interesting. So pitch number one to recap was Dr. Doom, written by Christopher Cantwell. Pitch number two, uh, Hawkeye by Matt Fraction and David Aja. Uh, And pitch number three, Marvel, 1985 by Mark Millar. Kyle, you know the answer. Uh, search your heart. You know it to be true. We, it's got to be Dr. Doom. Even <laughs> Christopher Cantwell aside, I would love to read about Dr. Doom. We had a lot of fun last year reading some original Fantastic Four comics. I love yeah. villain-based properties. Let's, let's go spend some time in Latveria. Let's do it. Let's read some Dr. Doom stuff. I've heard great things about this hit, mm. this series. Uh, but I really have no idea what it's about. So I'm, yeah, this is going to be interesting to see. So mm-hmm. Dr. Doom by Chris Cantwell. I believe it's only 10 issues. Uh, and like I said, they're all on Comixology Unlimited. So go check it out. Go read it. And we'll be back with yeah. that this next week. Um, yeah, here you go. That's what we will do this next week then. Melissa. Where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities, where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. Our latest episode should be on the anime Fighting Foodons uh, about uh, a, a world 
where you can bring food, you cook food and you bring the food to life and the food forms like a little guy and the guys fight. Interesting. I have one thing I'll say after I do my social media stuff. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with me, I'm at Yo Kyle Springer on Twitter. Uh, if you guys want to stay up to date with all the stuff that we do here at the Whatnots, uh, we are at the Whatnots on tool on Twitter. So go like, share, subscribe, do all of that stuff. Um, Alyssa, I got reminded of a show that I completely forgot about. This is one I think you guys need to talk about okay. on, on your podcast. I don't remember the name of it, so I was going to look it up right now. Do you okay. remember the show about the airplanes that had faces on them? Oh, yeah. JJ the Jet Plane? Yes. That show is terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, go look at pictures of of what that show was it it's like early 3d stuff the, yep. the faces are really stiff but they're like put on the front of airplanes where the propellers would be i think some times they have propellers on their noses uh and, and, and stuff but god it just looks yep. like their faces were st were stretched on top of this plane and it, it's horrifying <laughs> Uh, Don't I got let it reminded to you. Of, of that show. <laughs> yeah, right. That's what it seems like. So uh, we will end the podcast with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> you're welcome for, for that spooky, scary uh, show. JJ the Jet Plane. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, with that, we will see you all next week. This has been the Whatnots Review Show number 161. We will see you all next time. Bye. Bye.